Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald, and I'll be hosting the show exclusively, as always, for World Radio Paris. The start of January saw the biannual presentations for Paris's internationally renowned menswear and couture fashion weeks, respectively. In this edition, I'm going to take a detailed look and in-depth critique of these sartorial spectacles, alongside what we can expect to see trickled down into street style in the coming months. I'll also be taking a nostalgic look back over Jean-Paul Gaultier's final couture show and what it means for the fashion industry today. Review of Paris Fashion Week, Men's Collections Fall-Winter 2020 Paris Fashion Week men's wasn't always such an exciting affair until the latter half of the last decade. Menswear shows in general were something of an afterthought, showcasing traditional tailoring and conventional staples. Even the men's shows in Paris were meant to be a prelude to the haute couture presentations that followed and often overshadowed them. Streetwear and star designers have since changed all that, of course. Now menswear shows boast all the glitzy elements that its women's counterparts have long enjoyed. Supermodels, celebrity appearances and even scandals. Paris Men's Fashion Week certainly checked off all those boxes for the fall-winter 2020 season. And today we round up some of the highlights of the week, featuring designers from Dior, Louis Vuitton and many more. Dior celebrates Judy Blame. For his latest Dior's men's outing, Kim Jones staged a preview to the late London stylist and punk icon Judy Blame. Models stomped down the runway in berets, top coats, opera gloves and monogrammed Chelsea boots, echoing Blame's irreverent style. The collection also referenced Blame's DIY aesthetic, heavily featuring metallic embellishments and accessories like safety pins, chains and metal zippers. The highlight of the collection? A shimmering car coat, which apparently took 940 hours of handmade embroidery to complete. Louis Vuitton goes to heaven. Virgil Abloh brought heaven on earth with his menswear show for Louis Vuitton. The set featured dreamy blue skies and clouds, complete with a surreal touch in the form of gigantic props, of craft tools like scissors, a Fred spindle and a pencil. Despite the playfulness of the setting, Abloh's collection was a little more grown up this time. Straying even further from his streetwear roots, the designer reinterpreted the classic suit with ruffles, cloud prints and laser cuts in the shape of the form of the Louis Vuitton monogram. FKA Twigs graced the Valentino show. Speaking of heavenly, FKA Twigs made a surprise appearance at the Valentino menswear show. The English musician blessed showgoers with an otherworldly performance of her songs, while clad in an ethereal embroidered lace gown by the French couture brand. 
model stream pasta in an array of loose, oversized shirts and coats, featuring romantic blown-up floral prints. Fake supermodels at Vetemont Vetemont continues to blur the lines between fashion label and social experiments with its latest stunt, Supermodel Doppelgangers. Its menswear show featured models that closely resembled Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell, as well as celebrities like Angelina Jolie, Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson. The reason for these lookalikes? The fashion brand couldn't afford the real ones, according to Vetemont, co-founder Javasalia. And the show was otherwise a standard Vetemont's affair, featuring belted coats, padded jackets, hoodies, tees, and save the fact that there was hardly a slogan in sight for this collection. Perhaps the brand is taking itself more seriously after Demna's departure. However, over at Jacquemus, there were real models. Simon Poor Jacquemus brought an all-star cast to his Faris presentation, which showcased both his pre-fall 2020 women's collection and fall-winter 2020 men's collection. The roster included models of the moment such as Seretti, Adutakesh and Bella and Gigi Hadid, as well as industry veterans Dudsen Coes and Joan Smalls. The show also marked the return of 90s French supermodel Latesia Casta after 10 years of absence. The collection offered all of Giacomo's signatures, including the swanky dress, neutral tone separates and the cult favourite Le Chiquito Bag this time complete with a micro Likito jewellery watch to match. And finally, there was a Conroe controversy at Comme des Garçons. It may be 2020, but fashion has not yet purged itself of its cultural appropriation ways. The latest offender this time is Comme des Garçons, who sent white models down the runway in Conroe wigs. The show caused a storm on social media, with many criticising the Japanese label for its, quote, tasteless decision to use braids, which are historically worn by black people. Others suggested it was a publicity stunt to garnish more attention. Whatever your thoughts on the show, the hairstylist Julianne Dius has taken to Instagram to apologise and clarify that the headpieces were designed as a homage to the Egyptian princess instead. Homage or not, the wigs certainly drew attention away from Comme des Garçons' colourful collection, which is more that we can say about the show's casting. Paris Haute Couture, Spring-Summer 2020 A women-inspired runway show, a set based on Coco Chanel's orphanage, the first showing from a sub-Saharan African designer, and Jean-Paul Gaultier's farewell to fashion. There was no stoppage of memorable moments at the Spring-Summer 2020 edition of Haute Couture Week, where top labels present elaborate custom garments to selected audiences in the centre of Paris. As fashion's biggest names descended on the French capital for a packed week of shows, it emerged that some had, somewhat unusually for Haute Couture, put comfort front and centre. Shia Pirelli, for example, opted for slouchy daytime creations alongside extravagant evening wear. Standout pieces including a pitch-black tailored, yet accommodating, silk satin trouser suit, which was embellished with surrealist motifs featuring padlocks to twinkling eyes. 
Similarly memorable was the Italian Weibo's asymmetrical double blue puffball dress. This came also adorned with bejeweled charms, which were also glued to the models' faces and bodies. And a seductive Oscar-worthy gown with a shocking pink, gravity-defying silk skirt. Being an American, I am coming at couture from a different perspective, said Shia Pirelli's creative director, Daniel Rosenberry, after the show. Celebrating that feels good, I wanted the real pieces to feel more real, and the fantasy pieces to feel so much more unreal. The perfect juxtaposition between the both. For Dior's show, artist and feminist icon Judy Chicago created a monumental womb-like space at the Rodin Museum. The elaborate set featured 21 embroidered metallic banners, posing questions including, what if women run the world? If women did rule the world, then we are in the body of goddesses in a female space, Chicago said. Explaining her design during last Monday's show, as we are in the Rodin Museum, I was acutely aware of how masculine sculptor Auguste Rodin's work is, so I thought, fine, masculine there and feminine here. If the world was like this, it would be a lot better. However, it's all about empowering women through clothes, as always, she said. Dior's models glided along the red carpet in various golden gowns, which were paired with veils by master milliner Stephen Jones. Some appeared in long, glistening fringe dresses, while others floated down the runway in more delicate, translucent creations with flowing silk tulle capes. The duo behind Ralph and Russo's dedicated label show to their Australian homeland were asking attendees this time to donate to a fundraiser to help fight the country's bushfire crisis. Looking back on the celebration of 10 years of couture, these creations created combined sumptuous fabrics and glamorous proportions from a black organza crystal mesh suit, which was embellished with graduating metallic crystals, to a ravishing off-the-shoulder chartreuse taffeta ball gown. Elsewhere on the schedule, Chanel's creative director, Virginie Viard, turned the brand founder Coco Chanel as an inspiration. Her showpiece recreated the cloister garden, complete with lavender, cabbages and vine tomatoes, at the French Abbey Orphanage, where a 12-year-old Chanel grew up after her mother's death. The accompanying collection was light and airy, featuring the bland's classic black and white checked shoots, and Gigi Hadid in a fitted button-down waster, complete with white Peter Pan collar and cuffs. Then came a timeless all-black outfit, a red-neck chantilly waist top with a bib and cape sleeve top on top of a long Georgette skirt. Over at French designer Alexis Mabille Show, held at Sotheby's auction house, Dita Von Thies introduced her creations in a black sequined smoking jacket and pants. This season, the craftsmanship expresses shades of white, a palette free of colour, to better reveal the woman's inner power, she said on stage before joining the audience. Models walked dressed in mostly all-white ensembles here, including a simple shirt dress which was worn with an overskirt knotted at the side and held in place by a crystallised belt. 
Some of them took champagne-shaped bags down the runway as an additional accessory. I wanted to be free of colour connections, Mabil explained backstage. It's not summer, it's not winter, it's super elegant, it's super feminine and it's a realistic collection which is easy to wear. On Tuesday evening, Ronald van der Kemp once again demonstrated the possibilities of upcycle tattoo couture. His collection was also filled with nostalgia, transporting his audience to Le Palace, a theatre today but Paris's equivalent of Studio 54 back in the 1980s. His brand RVDK Sharp Lines referenced the images of photographer Helmut Newton, who won the Dutch Couturier has credited as a major influence. Whilst the core message seemed focused on reducing waste and overconsumption within the fashion industry. That if it's on display included a mock fur coat, or as the show notes described it, Boucherat guilt-free fur trash coat, another alluring jacket made from a profusion of hand-painted flowers and a gathered matte black ball skirt which was adorned with Lowe's croquet and had been upcycled from a previous season. Elsewhere, Victor and Rolf created voluminous shapes made from flower prints. Backstage, co-founder Ralph Snorin said that these were the only new fabrics to be used for the avant-garde Dutch duos collection. All the rest, all the patchwork, is archived fabric swatches that manufacturers have sent to us over the years. The pretty photos here were offset with temporary body tattoos by makeup artist Peter Phillips and accessories by Brazilian bland Melissa from a limited edition lineup of vegan plastic flat shoes and bags. Valentino's runway show was one of the most anticipated of the season. The label's breathtaking display didn't disappoint, with creative director Paolo Piccoli's Master of Colour and craft being demonstrated through a series of backless dresses. British model Stella Tennant wore a diaphanous powder rose organza blouse, tied with an extravagant fluttering blow, along with a long black fishtail skirt and punchy red weather gloves. A timeless column dress, complete with Duchess satin cuff, collar and train, was pure Valentino in the making, as was a long red high neck dress, worn by the Australian model, Aki Agour, and accompanied by long graduated diamond earrings, with red flat glossy feathers at the ends. A native to Cameroon, where he made his first dresses, including for his mother, who was Miss Cameroon way back in 1960, Imani Ayesi is the first sub-Saharan African designer to show at Couture Week. The 51-year-old created a sophisticated collection using organic cottons and also transforming tree bark into decorative flowers. The designer uses African materials and techniques in his collection and works with cooperatives to ethically source such organic materials. And last but not least, L'Enfant Terrible of French fashion, Jean-Paul Gaultier, marked his retirement after a 50-year career that has earned him international renown for his provocative designs and extravagant shows. He sent out nearly 200 looks for his final couture show, attracting fashion A-listers including Carl Bruni, Eva Herzegova, Christian Lacroix and Simon Le Bon, whose wife Yasmin also starred on the runway. 
The catwalk offered a number of surprise cameos, including Dita Von Teese in a shimmering pink belted mini-dress, and Carly Kloss in an upcycled plastic bodice with a massive bubble wrap skirt. French singer and TV presenter Amanda Lear was also carried in by two men wearing crystal t-shirts and heels, while Canadian model Coco Rocha showed off a high-kicking Irish gig. Boy George closed the proceedings with a performance of Culture Club's 1983 hit Church of the Poison Mind, which saw attendees jump up to dance and clap along. Gotti was held aloft in the middle of the stage as if at a festival and was clearly loving the moment. I love fashion, Gautier said backstage, and I will continue a new approach, taking a new backseat. The notion that really struck me while watching the final Jean-Paul Gaultier show was the astonishing influence that his trademarks continue to have on fashion today. Why would eternally aware that his fetishised lingerie, cage dresses and sailor boys grace the moodboards of many a fashion studio? It's actually the stylists who benefit the most from this Gaultier legacy that keeps on giving. The Theatre du Châtelet was packed with some of the most powerful ones in the world, all cheering and clapping at the high-octane retrospective that unfolded before our very eyes. A bottomless well of inspiration for fashion shows and editorials where a garter melt, a chapeau moran or a cowboy boot can elevate the narrative to another level. If ever there was a time and a place for a retrospective show, then this was it. In a digital age obsessed with finding authenticity in things, where watchdog influencers split-screen new collections with old, calling out designers for plagiarism left and right. However, in Gautier's case, you get the feeling he'd consider it flattery and even celebration rather than theft. And so he saluted the old rather than the new in an upbeat and nostalgic show that counted some 200 looks. He opened with a funeral for his own fashion house, which was a tableau of black-clad models Vogue framed in freezing poses, evoking Madonna's Justify My Love performance, way back from the girly show in the 1990s. Paul Berrows danced their way down the sweeping staircase with a coffin, and Carly Quas opened it to reveal look number one, a baby doll dress, collaged from none less than christening gowns. If you wanted to read into it, the sentiments here were endless an illustration of the never-ending reincarnations of Gautier's own legacy, the ongoing recycling of his codes by other designers and the positive rather than the negative upcycling of ideas it entails. Boy George sang Back to Black, a reference to Gautier's Amy Winehouse show, and once the funeral was over, the wake could begin. Through several acts, models and celebrities flex Gautier's inclusive, subversive and camp muscles, reminding us all who was first to celebrate the non-binary, unconventional values so central to present-day moments in fashion. Cone bras and men's skirts, sadly Madonna, who breathed as much life into Gautier's career as he did into hers, was still touring in Portugal, on a ceaseless stream of diverse poseurs. The models again included Anna Cleveland, Erin O'Connor, Irina Shayak, Jade Perfect, Karen Elson, Winnie Harlow, to name a few. The celebrities also were out in complete force. Paris Jackson, Rosie De Palma, 
and Kokorosha, people who had forever tied their DNA and their passion to Jean Paul Gautier and his hearts. At the end, Gautier himself was elevated into a throne formed by human hands, those of his atelier and famous friends, as designers including Christian Lacroix, Nicolas Gasquieri, Dries van Noten, Mary Catranzo, and Isabel Marant, who ferociously applauded him. Sewa caps off to Jean Paul Gautier. He might be leaving the show schedule, but his signature elements will surely appear in fashion shows for decades to come. I hope you can join us all for the next Fashion Mode show, where I'll be speaking about why feminism and friendships are two of the hottest topics in fashion, thanks to Maria Grazia Turi, and how luxury handbag designer Dalis is achieving a notable success from giving a design dialogue to these emotives. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the latest fashion news on www.forcmagazine.com and FORC Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.